All right, let's get this show on the road. Welcome, everybody, to the Touchdown Rundown Week 9 Instant Reactions podcast. We're reacting to a very crazy Week 9. Tony, I think because just we we have so many upsets, what was your upset of the day? Oh, where do I even begin? I guess I got to go Jags. You got a lot of options. But there's just so many. It was insane. Yeah, I think it's for me, it's the Cardinals 49ers just because Kyler Murray was absent. And if you just looked at the box score with the name removed, you'd think Kyler Murray still played for the Arizona Cardinals. That one felt crazy because the 49ers had a great chance to get one step closer to 500. It would have put them at 500 exactly. It would have been their first home win of the season and a huge divisional game. And well, they're still they're still winless at home. They're now three and five, and they haven't won a single game in the in division play. So they're not looking too good. All right, like Tony said, we got a lot of crazy options. So let's start with uh, the first game, forty one sixteen. It's Browns Bengals. The Browns they look like the Browns of what I kind of thought they'd be coming into the season. They're finally healthy. That secondary looked pretty vicious. They were able to uh, force two interceptions out of Joe Burrow and Baker Mayfield looked like a man possessed like he looked like he wanted to prove people wrong everyone kind of blamed him at least well not everybody but a lot of people blamed him for Odell Beckham Jr. wanting to leave Cleveland and you know he played really well he kept a clean sheet 66 percent percent of his passes were complete he had 200 yards and two touchdowns he really did outplay the quarterback in Joe Burrow who was opposite him Tony I think we both picked the Bengals because the Bengals were the home team and they looked a lot better do you think this is kind of a mirage i know that you you said that the Bengals are really losing yeah at secondary so do you think that this is sustainable for baker or that uh you know this is a one-time game because the Bengals are that bad. Tom, your connection is getting a little spotty. We're losing you over here. Uh, it would look like we've lost Tony. Uh, so I guess I'll... Tom? Uh, you're losing me? That tracks. Bad internet, sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah so sorry. I was saying, do you think Cutting this is a, a one-time bit. mirage of sorts? Or um, do you think I that think this is what we're going to be seeing consistently out of the Browns? Uh, would you Bengals Browns? I think it's kind of a mirage that the Browns have done this well. I don't think they continue to hold this level of success, but I do think they start to be a winning team now that Odell's gone. As for the Bengals, I don't know if it's time to maybe fall back on the Bengals a little bit. Maybe we've been overhyping them. Or whatnot. Joe Burrow starting to look very, very human again. Uh, but it just it was not a good performance, and I did I did not like. Yeah, I mean, you've been talking about it for the past couple of weeks, so I'll give you credit. You did say that their secondary is one of the worst in the league, and I feel like that was a little bit downplayed because of the quality of the wins they've been having. You know, in in the past couple of game uh, weeks. They, you know, they obviously beat the Ravens, which is a really big one. They thrashed the Lions. Uh, they kept it close against the Packers, but they lost against the Jets because of that secondary, and they've now been destroyed by the Browns because of that secondary. They've got 
good passing teams ahead of them in the Raiders later on down the road, the Chargers, they'll play the Chiefs at some point, and then the Browns again, of course, the Ravens too. So, you know, it's a it's I think this could be a very big Achilles heel for the Bengals. So I agree with you. I think that they're going to struggle. Burrow and Chase kind of looked human. I believe this is one of the first games that Chase has not played outstanding. I don't even think he cracked 100 receiving yards, which is would I believe be the first time in his career, maybe, that he failed to crack 100 receiving yards. All right, let's hop on down to the next one. This one was probably the biggest stunner of the day for me. It was Broncos 30, Cowboys 16. The Denver Broncos get on the road, and they absolutely lay down the law in Texas. They're back in the divisional hunt, which I thought that they were going to fade really hard on this one. I had picked the Cowboys to blow this one out of the water, and Teddy Bridgewater ended up looking arguably like the better quarterback for most of the game than Dak Prescott did. Tony, You've you've complimented the Cowboys as being the one of the most complete rosters in the NFL, and the Broncos a very incomplete roster, a very shaky offense, and an average defense that's now missing Von Miller. Got a huge win on the road that keeps them in playoff form. What do you make of this one? This was just a brutal game, and I don't want to knock the Cowboys too hard on it because I. This is, I think it's just one of those things where every single great team has one of those games where they just absolutely fall apart, and it's just a miserable performance. Every, every team has one at least once a year. I'm going to throw this one up, too. It's just that if we see something like this again from the Cowboys, I would start to get concerned. But as of right now, I wouldn't be worried. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I mean, I think that the Broncos, they're a good team. And I think that they can surprise you. I don't. I don't think this one is going to be very, like, repeatable, if you will. Uh, we did see obviously two interceptions. I mean, excuse me, one interception from Dak Prescott and a fumble on the Cowboys, and the Broncos were able to not give a turnover. That is a difference maker, right? That'll that'll change the game. I know there was a block punt earlier. Uh, that Tony, can you describe it? I believe you saw it in real time, and it was kind of a, a once in a lifetime play. Yeah, I don't think I I haven't seen a play like that ever. So they blocked the punt. Cowboys looked like they were going to snag it. Uh, They blocked it, but they just got enough of it where the ball was still traveling forward. It then touched a Cowboys player once it crossed the line of scrimmage. And once that happens by NFL rule, it's essentially a muffed punt. So then the Broncos got it and they tried to advance it. They didn't get to the first down marker. Uh, But at that point, everybody thought, you know, at, you know, at worst turnover on downs, Cowboys are going to get the ball back. But no, since it acts as a muff punt, the Broncos just essentially got new set of downs right then. Yeah, I mean, it was basically getting that first down, which is it's crazy. I mean, that's obviously not what the rule is intended to do, but that is what ended up happening. Uh, let's hop over to one that I don't think was a crazy upset. I didn't feel really confident about it. What I think was was the crazy upset part was that Tua Tugavailoa did not play for the Dolphins, and yet the Dolphins looked like a drastically better team than the Texans. Jacoby Brissett, despite having two interceptions, passed for 244 yards. And again, he had two interceptions and was the quarterback with the fewest interceptions on the field. Tony, I know you were lamenting that Tyrod Taylor got the start over Davis Mills. Do you think that the Texans are going to go back to Davis Mills, or do you think that they're going to want to continue to play Tyrod Taylor? Going into this game, I wouldn't have played Tyrod Taylor right now. Honestly, I don't think Davis Mills has been anything super outstandingly special. Uh, but Tyrod Taylor certainly hasn't, and he kind of showed that today. At the very worst, if you wanted to start Tyrod over Davis Mills, fine. 
Why would you not bench Tyrod at some point, though? I mean, he was miserable all day. Three interceptions, no touchdowns. At a certain point, you just got to cut your losses with the guy. Send in Davis Mills, who has some game experience and has had some great performances this year. Just let him see what he can do. I mean, this game was only lost by eight points, and Tyrod threw three interceptions. This was a winnable game if Tyrod wasn't just performing so yeah, I once I saw that Tua wasn't playing, I thought that the Texans would have to have this one because Jacoby has not played well. And if I genuinely do believe that if the Texans had put Davis Mills in, they probably would have won this game. Although I don't, I don't know if they want to win this game because they're the Texans. They're very clearly and obviously trying to tank. Uh, the Dolphins are two and seven in a division where the Bills lost. They're now five and four. The Patriots won. They're five and four. The Dolphins are now tied with the Jets in terms of record. Do you think the Dolphins have a realistic chance of? of not winning the division, but getting back in the division, making it sort of competitive and maybe grabbing onto a wild card spot? Uh, I don't really think so. I think after this performance, like, yes, the Dolphins got a win here, but it wasn't it wasn't an impressive win, and it was against a 1-8 team, which they are now 2-7 and seven themselves. So I think that, yes, they would consistently beat a 1-8 and eight team, but they wouldn't beat many, m- many other teams. Yeah, do you think that the the Dolphins are tanking with the decision to remove Tua? I, like, I know it was, I believe, an injury problem, but you know, I think that Jacoby Brissett is worse than Tua. If you're the Dolphins, are you kind of punting on this season and you got to win despite not playing your starting quarterback? I, I guess I could see them doing that. It seems a little bit early to be doing that. I guess uh, usually, I guess if you have two wins or one win, if you were really trying to tank today. You definitely could have tanked a lot better. Uh, I mean, winning the game, you could have just not won the game. So, I mean, there is that. But I don't think they're tanking quite yet. I think they are trying to fight a little bit, uh, maybe give it a couple more games. And if they if they lose the next probably three or four straight, then they're just going to say, forget about it and tank. The- mm-hmm. Now, let's hop on over to the next one. It was a divisional battle. It was the Atlanta Falcons. They traveled on the road to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints hot off of a win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, although they did not have Jameis Winston in this one. They had Trevor Simeon as their backup in the game. It looked like you know Simeon had kind of been exposed after a full week of film that the Falcons had against him. The Falcons led 24-6 to with 10-39 left in the fourth quarter quarter of course the Falcons proceeded to Falcon and allowed the New Orleans Saints to take a 25 to 24 lead with 47 seconds left but because I I think that the Atlanta Braves have broken the curse of Atlanta crumbling at the end of a game uh, the Falcons were able to find a way to win they got a field goal to take the win they're back to four and four Tony I think the Atlanta Falcons obviously lost head-to-head against the Panthers but the Panthers look so abysmal against the the Patriots today. Do you think the Falcons like are going to have the better record at the end of the season versus the Panthers? Well, I I guess before we hop into that, I do see we have Chase calling in. I just want to make sure we catch him before we move on. No, I just wanted to give my two cents on this game. It was it was a real roller coaster to watch. I mean, the Falcons literally did exactly what mm-hmm. I thought they would, and they just let them back in. But. uh I don't know. It was it was kind of inspiring to see uh, Cordell Patterson just catch that pass at the end, like, and then Mike Davis fumbles. It was like it was like literally uh, exercising a lot of demons in Atlanta sports. But <laughs> it was. It was uh, I did. You, did you guys catch that when Mike Davis literally almost gave the ball away at the very end? Like, uh, no, just, I I did not see that. Was it, I have to imagine that would have been just a heartbreaker to watch, right? And that he gets the recovery. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, literally all they're doing is just to, it was like one of those run to get like a bit of a better, I think move the hash mark, get a better field positioning. It wasn't even trying to gain mm. any yards and he fumbles the football. And you don't think of him as like a, a careless guy of the football. It was just like, oh my gosh. Uh, so he had that happen, but he luckily, luckily fell on it. It was, I don't know. He just, just a. <laughs> felt very Falcons. I'm sure. Very Falcons. Yeah. Couldn't have been more Falcons. I, that was my two cents, but uh, just mm. wanted to hop on. Enjoy. Yeah, thank you for hopping on, Chase. No, I think it was kind of crazy, honestly. I was watching that one out of the corner of my eye. I was like, oh, yeah, the Saints have got this one in hand. I mean, excuse me, the Falcons have got this one in hand and, you know, looked away from the game, came back, and it looked like the Falcons had decided to Atlanta Falcon. Like I said, the Braves have kind of exercised the demons of Atlanta sports. Obviously, the Falcons were the source of that as they went 28-3 to against the Patriots. Apologies, Chase. I don't mean to, to bring it up or rub it in your face at all. Uh, but Tony, do you think the Falcons have kind of righted themselves? They're three and one on the road, which also means they're one and three at home. So take that, you know, take those two things in hand. And you get four and four. They're four and four. Do you think they can make a playoff push? Do I think they can make a playoff push? I don't think so. Uh, and I think the only, re- I think if this was an AFC team, then yeah, you could probably push for a playoff spot here. But the NFC is just so strong this year. I don't think mm-hmm. that this team is going to be able to squeak in. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm inclined to say no, right? But here's the thing: the Saints they were uh, they were you know sixth in the playoff race. They obviously lost today, not expecting that. The Falcons, because of the win, they moved up to seventh. The Panthers are eighth, so they're four and five. And then you go to the Vikings, three and five. Seahawks who have a bye this week. They're three and five. The 49ers fell to three and five. The Bears are three and five, and will likely go three and six as they take. Uh, they take on the Steelers tomorrow, but nothing's a certainty this weekend. So maybe they'll go up to four and five as well. Eagles fall to three and six giants, three and six Washington, two and six. And of course you end with the Lions at zero and eight. So I do agree with you that the, the NFC is very top heavy. I don't think they're going to get back into a competing form with like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, because we've seen how those two teams stack up head to head. But I think there's a chance for a wild card. No, because again, the Vikings are three and five. The Panthers are four and five. And you know, if those are your two toughest teams for a wild card spot, you could sneak in as the seventh at the very least maybe i guess it is possible they're just gonna need a little bit of luck to get there yeah absolutely i think luck is what they had today and it was for the very first time in a while that the falcons have ever really felt lucky okay let's go to the next one we ask this question every year it feels like an annual tradition unlike any other are the raiders for real today the answer would appear to be no they are not for real they lost to the giants the giants won this one 23 16 at home the Giants were absolutely, uh, you know, absent a decent amount of their staff as they have been in most of their games. So this one was definitely a big surprise. Uh, Tony, we've we've talked about the loss of uh, of Henry Ruggs. He obviously got involved. Uh, he got in trouble with the drunk driving. Uh, I believe he's facing up to forty six years in prison. Do you think that impacted the game? Like they don't have one of their biggest wide receiving threats, and that's kind of why they lost. Or do you think it's because Daniel Jones and the Giants just, you know, they were able to get the home win in a in a scrappy close one? Uh, I yes, losing rugs is going to be a big thing for the team. He put up some decent numbers, but at the end of the day, I think this one just kind of came down to Derek Carr. He only threw one touchdown. He threw two interceptions with it. So I think it was mostly on him, not really because he didn't really have receivers to throw to, just because he looked a little bit off today. The Giants were playing pretty well. So I think this is more of the Giants played well and Derek Carr played poorly than uh, rugs being, than really missing rugs, I guess. 
Yeah, absolutely. Never did I think we'd see the day where Daniel Jones had a clean sheet in a game that Derek Carr did not. Daniel Jones has come a long way, and he genuinely could be the Giants franchise quarterback. They're three and six. They're not going to be back in the divisional race, and I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. Um, but anything's possible, as we saw with the Atlanta Falcons. There is a chance. Uh, the Patriots, they they absolutely thrashed my Panthers. I'm not even going to be sad about this one to do a bit about being sad. Uh, Sam Darnold looked pretty atrocious. He went 16 of 33. He racked up 170 yards, but had three interceptions that really just put the Panthers out of the game. One of them went back for an 88-yard pick six touchdown for the Patriots. Uh, Mac Jones went one touchdown, one interception, had 140 yards. Didn't do a whole lot, but you know what? You don't need to do a lot when your defenses would have won the game for you themselves. Uh, Tony, your take going into the season was that the Panthers would not have gotten a single win uh, in the month of November. They obviously, I th- well, I should say, uh, I believe sometime in October, I think you said they won obviously last weekend, but I think that you're, you might end up, be, end up being right, Tony, in that they may not win for the rest of the season after that performance they gave against the Patriots. Do you want to double down on the take that the Panthers won't win a single game? They'll finish out the season at four and 13. Uh, I kind of want to stand by it. I don't know if I want to say that they're not going to win a single game. Uh, they're now that there's, they got CMC back, so Stephon, and Stephon Gilmore started to step up a little bit. So we are seeing a Panthers team that's not quite as bad as I thought they would be, but I don't think they get more than maybe two wins for the rest of the season at most. Yeah, looking at the schedule, they played the Cardinals. That should probably be a loss. They'll play Washington, the Washington football team. I'd like to think that's a win, but totally possible it's not. Uh, then they're at Dolphins, home to Falcons. Those are three, I think, very winnable games. But after that, yeah, they play Bills, Buccaneers, Saints, Buccaneers. That's it. That's game over. Uh, those those are not going to be pretty games. Uh, for the Patriots, they are now, they have one more loss than the Bills, but that's a virtue of the Bills having the bye earlier than the Patriots. Do you think the Patriots can win the AFC East? It was not a prediction I felt comfortable saying because they like the Dolphins a lot more and the Bills a lot more. But, you know, the Patriots are very much in the mix. Do you think it's a possibility? I mean, anything can happen in the NFL these days. You just never know. So as as weird as it is to say at this point, I guess I, I could see it being totally possible that that does happen. Yeah, this feels like the, the launch of a new Brady dynasty, a Patriots defense that has played incredibly dominant throughout the season and an offense that doesn't play great but gets the job done when it needs to. Let's hop on over to the aforementioned Bills in what had to be, I think, the upset of the weekend. Josh Allen not throwing for a touchdown, not scoring a single point offensively. As the Bills lose 6-9 to nine on the road to the Jaguars. I don't know what to make of this in the slightest. Tony, I'm going to turn it over to you with with no thoughts. Take it wherever you want to. Sorry, cutting out a little bit for me. What game was this again? Uh, Bills-Jags. Bills-Jags. I have no takeaways, to be perfectly honest with you. This was just a miserable, <laughs> abhorrent game. I wish Red Zone would have just stopped broadcasting it. Josh Allen... <laughs> Let's let's I guess let's just say this. Bills quarterback Josh Allen looked terrible. Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> linebacker Josh Allen looked like the defensive player of the year. That was had a career game. Yeah, that was just it was amazing to watch one of the Josh Allens, not the one anybody thought was gonna do well. But good lord, Josh Allen quarterback was terrible. Zero touchdowns, two interceptions, one of them to himself kind of 
Trevor Lawrence didn't have the worst day in the world. He did a lot better than I thought he was going to. He kept a clean sheet, no turnovers today, no touchdowns either, only 118 yards. But it was enough to win, so you can't knock it too much. Yeah, so Josh Allen for the Jaguars had eight tackles. All eight of them were solo tackles. He had one sack, two tackles for a loss. He had a pass defended. He had a QB hit, and then he had an all-important fumble recovery. Uh, the man was just on fire. Like, I truly was incredible. He also had an interception for 11 yards. So, yeah, he was the more impactful Josh Allen uh, today, despite one of the Joshes being quarterback. Should Josh Allen uh, for the Buffalo Bills have to be Josh Allen Jr. until he is able to beat Josh Allen, the linebacker? I think I can get behind that. I definitely like <laughs> he, he, he lost the battle of... Jo- yeah, she, he should be Joshua. He should be Joshua Allen. Yeah, he doesn't deserve... <laughs> he really doesn't. Yeah, I'll refer to him as Joshua Allen just because of this game. Uh, let's go to the last of the early slate games, those one o'clockers, to Vikings-Ravens in a game that just felt so very Vikings. I, I truly don't understand it. At all, the Vikings opened the second half. They had a 17-7 lead. They opened the half with a touchdown kickoff return. It just hurt me to watch this game because I thought the Vikings were going to do it. And then the Ravens scored 21 unanswered to send the game uh, to to have 31-31 when the Minnesota Vikings were able to score a last second uh, touchdown to send it to overtime and it felt like nobody wanted to win the overtime because the uh, Lamar Jackson had a very horrible interception I know it was tipped but it was still pretty egregious all things considered that allowed the Vikings to get the ball I believe on the on their own 30 to 35 yard line so really good field position promptly went three and out and gave uh, the Ravens the ball of course Justin Tucker did Justin Tucker things he gave the Ravens a big win the Vikings are just pretty miserable, Tony. They're not going to make the playoffs, right, despite having a very talented offensive roster? No, I really don't think they are going to go anywhere. The Ravens, I don't think the Ravens did terribly. The defense kind of had a stutter day, allowing 31 to the Vikings is a little bit odd, but whatever. The offense performed. They put up 34, which is great. But at the same time, Lamar Jackson, my take of Lamar is not a great passer aged very well because Lamar put up great numbers on checkdowns and five yard out routes. But anytime he tried to take a shot downfield, it was either an incompletion or an interception every single time. He didn't really have anything crazy. Uh, so I guess we kind of learned today that Lamar is a good short passer and he's still a good runner. Not a very good guy to make the, the clutch throw when you need it into double coverage. Yeah, I mean, he definitely, I think he got them the win. He was obviously the leading rusher. He had 120 yards, uh, granted on 21 carries. But I think he he did just what he needed to. I I don't I still don't think that he is an elite quarterback. I think he's good as uh, you know as an overall player, right? He's one of the most dangerous rushers in the open field in the league. Uh, but I would not say he's an elite passer yet. I don't think that that's a very crazy thing to say. Uh, the Vikings now, they're going to look back on this year, I think, with a lot of regret. They obviously lost to the Bengals 27-24. We've talked about that at length. They gave up a, a dumb fumble in overtime. They gave the Bengals the win. Missed a field goal against the Cardinals. Uh, you know, Got the win against the Panthers in overtime later on in the season, but then lost to Cooper Rush and the Cowboys, and now lost in overtime to the Ravens. Tony, the Vikings, they got to be looking at the season as the season that could have been, right? I just listed off four games they could have won. They could have very easily, they could very easily be a 7-1 team, but they're not. They're 3-5, and five, 
and very disappointing overall. But do you what do you what do you make of the Vikings? Do you think that they need to just kind of just start packing it up? Yeah, I think this is the end of the Vikings for this season. Um, for the first couple weeks, we anybody that listened to the show heard us use the mantra: "This team is way better than their record shows." And like I've been saying for the past maybe two weeks now, that phrase has an expiration date, and at a certain point, it becomes oh, they, they could have won these close games. It was dumb luck, too. At a certain point, if you lose enough of them, it's not really dumb luck at that point, is it? It's kind of a trend, which means you're probably not good enough to win these games. So at a certain point, yes, this team might be better than 3-5, and five, but they're not a great team right now. Yeah, to quote Bill Parcells, you are what your record says you are. I'm not a huge fan of that statement early on in the season. But like Tony said, at the middle of the season, when you've had a chance, when you've had four games, five, even if you count the Browns, because it's only a one-score game that you could have won and didn't, and you're three and five, you're a three and five team at that point. You you are a below 500 team, and you're simply not a good football team. Let's go over to Chargers-Eagles. That was a really fun one. 27-24, Chargers getting the win on the road with a... Go ahead, field goal as time expire. A really big game that the Chargers needed. They've lost, uh, I believe, two in a row uh, before this one. They lost to the Ravens at the Ravens, a 34-6 walloping, and then at home to the Patriots, 27-24 in a close one. They finally got on the right side of the close one and won against the Eagles. Uh, Tony, what's your takeaway for the Chargers? Uh, well, to be Totally honest with you, I didn't really watch this game. I was too busy on the Packers-Chiefs uh, game. So <laughs> just looking at the box score, very basic analysis, it kind of looked like a little bit what I expected it to look like. I didn't expect the Eagles to score this many. I thought that they would be held to maybe 14. I expected the Chargers to get you know, 27, 35, somewhere in there. Justin Herbert looks like he had a great performance, 32 of 38 for 356 and two touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, their rushing wasn't particularly great, but that's nothing new. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts only attempted 17 passes. So, I mean, this was primarily a rushing team that looked like it kind of worked against the Chargers today. Oddly enough, I wouldn't have guessed that. Devonta Smith had 116 yards and a touchdown. He was the leading receiver for the Eagles. Uh, he might have been the leading receiver. For the, yeah, he was the leading receiver for the game as well. So Jalen Hurts seemed to be going to him a lot. Looks like Devontae Smith was 116 of Jalen Hurts' 162 yards. So that's probably not a great sign if you're just loading up one guy. But at the end of the day, Chargers won one of the few guesses that I actually got right today. One of the few predictions I got right today. So that was awesome. Yeah, it was not a great weekend. We'll get to that a little bit later. Yeah, the, the Eagles were a rushing team today with 40 attempts for 176 yards. A very impressive outing by them. I mean, I think that's how they kept in the game, right? Like, that's how you stay in the game if you're the Eagles. The Chargers are so explosive. Uh, and they were able to outpossess them, but I think that the Eagles just limited their possessions in the game, which which matters. Since you mentioned it, and because I kind of want to talk to you about Jordan Love, <clears throat> uh, let's hop on over to Packers Chiefs. The Packers, I think they wasted their defensive performance of the year. They held the Chiefs to 13 points and really did. I, I know they were unable to force a turnover, but I think that goes more credit to the Chiefs than anything else. Um, but the Packers, what a defensive performance. Like First things first, your, your thoughts on how they played defensively that game? Because I think they played well above my expectations. Defensively, yeah. I thought this was going to be a whole lot more of a uh, 
an offensive shootout, I guess. I thought Jordan Love was going to be doing a lot better than he did. So the def- to see the defense really come through was awesome to see. We One of the things that I've noticed this year and last year that I've noticed that we didn't do in past years was we, uh, we're a really good tackling team. And it used to be where any guy that caught the ball in the open field it was a guaranteed break of at least one tackle against us every single time. For some reason, we could not figure out how to tackle. So the past couple of years, it's been awesome. We've been able to tackle. We've been able to keep yards down, which has been tremendously helpful for us. And I think that's just more of what we saw today. Uh, I think Jordan Love did enough, to be perfectly honest with you. Because if we look at the score here, 7 to 13. 13 is only 6 more than 7. How many field goals... Did Mason Crosby miss? Yes, one of them was blocked, which that falls on the O-line, I guess, then. But he missed two, which means the game would have been 13-13, which means we would have been in this game. So I do think that Jordan Love getting the one touchdown was all we needed him to do. This just came down to poor special teams performance. So as, yes, Jordan Love didn't do great, he did worse than I thought he would, but I think he did enough. If our special teams was, uh, was having a good day, I think this is a very winnable game for us. If Rodgers was in this game, we would have won by 53. Yeah, no, if Rodgers was here, he would have absolutely dominated the game. It's a shame he wasn't, and we I hope to see him uh, next week. I believe the Packers take on Seattle, so that feels like a very winnable game. But Russell Wilson could be back, so I think that could be a very interesting game. Uh, you think Jordan Love did enough to win? Because like I know from a box score perspective, right, he's 19-34, to 34, hit almost 200 yards. He had a touchdown and an interception. He actually, that stat line plays to about where I saw him finishing. But I think that the box score, this is one where the box score doesn't tell the whole story. I think Jordan Love looked horrible at times. And I'm not going to say he cost them the game. I do think that is a very big special teams debacle, right? You have the uh, the muffed punt. That's a huge problem if you're the Green Bay Packers. It was muffed by like a toenail practically. Um, and then you have obviously the block and the miss. I think the block is more of a special teams problem, right? Misses happen. And I know that that is supposed to be a very tough area for kickers. So do you think Jordan Love looks like, I, I don't know. I don't want to put this on him. Sorry. Would the culprit, I guess, to you be special teams? Yeah, I think now, obviously Jordan Love didn't do great. Uh, you know, he only got one touchdown. He only threw one pick. So there is that this was his first start ever. Like as an, as a going into it, a fit, into the game, knowing he's going to be started. This was his first. Yes, he's had a year to sit behind Aaron Rodgers, and yes, that should absolutely help him uh, to be better than he would have been if he was a total rookie. But at the same time, it's his first start, whatever. So I think he did enough. Mm -hmm. I think this Chiefs defense honestly played. They came to play today. I don't think this is the Chiefs defense that we've seen uh, through the first eight games or whatever it's been. Uh, So I think that I credit you got to give credit to the Chiefs on this one. They brought pressure really, really well today. Their coverage was really good, and yeah, you're right. Jordan Love, a lot of his throws were not great. He he missed a lot. Just like he would try a deep throw every now and then, he'd miss it by five yards. I think a lot of that towards the beginning, at least, was just you know first start jitters. But I think he did enough. And if our special teams didn't choose today to absolutely roll over, then this would be a much easier game to win. Yeah, it was mentioned It was mentioned in the broadcast, I believe, that this was the first time for the special teams placeholder 
you know, I always think it was his first start. So I don't think that helps, right? I know Crosby blamed uh, the, the kicker for not fitting the ball, uh, you know, laces out away from the foot. So I think that that was something he said, right, is that, you know, that's not how he kicks. So he blamed that as the reason for him missing the kick. But yeah, I think this this really does come down to special teams. And the broadcast said it best. Special teams was an area that the Packers at worst needed was a push because they probably were going to allow some points. They needed their defense to show up because their offense certainly was not going to show up. And they, they just needed special teams to either win them the game or just be a push and let the offense have a fair shot. And they didn't. Uh, let's play the hypothetical. If this one does go to overtime, uh, who are you giving this one to? If this one goes to overtime, I think it's going to be one of those games where it comes down to who misses the field goal first. Because uh, I just don't see mm. any either of these teams scoring a touchdown on the other. I do think that in that final drive, Jordan Love did get a touchdown, did get a good drive going. So maybe that's some momentum where if the Packers get it, they go down and score another touchdown. Maybe he just needed to get that first touchdown out of the way, and then he was going to relax a whole lot. I guess we'll never know, but I'm inclined to say probably the Packers, just because they had that that final push, that little bit of momentum swing there at the end. But I guess it, that momentum could be uh, called as taken away after they let Mahomes run 40 yards and then throw a dart down the field to Tyreek for that first down. I guess you could say that that could deflate the vibe towards the end. So I don't know. I guess I'm going to flip and say probably the Chiefs just because Jordan Love is not. Jordan Love did enough, but I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to succeed in his first start ever, going to an overtime, all that stuff. You can't really rely on your kicker. You missed two, even though there were the issues with that. So I think it would have been probably the Chiefs if I had to give it honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would have honestly said the Chiefs as well, just because I don't think Jordan Love would have been able to drive the ball. Now, you know, this was kind of like a dress rehearsal for the Packers' future. Aaron Rodgers is expected to try and leave Green Bay at the end of the season. Where he goes is an absolute mystery. But if he does leave at the end of the season, Tony, do you feel comfortable knowing that, hey, Jordan Love is now my quarterback? Um, well, no. No, I don't. But at the same time, I don't wanna I don't wanna shoot him down too hard just yet. Just because, like you said, first start, this is kind of a tough opponent to be playing. Like this was heralded as kind of the game of the year early on, so it's it's tough to kind of just pin this all on him, but I don't know. I think Rodgers is going to come back, to be perfectly honest with you. I do think if it's up to him, he's coming back. It's just really going to come up, come down to what the organization wants. He said multiple times that he wants to finish his career in Green Bay. So I do think that uh, if it's left up to him, that's absolutely something he's going to want to mm-hmm. do. But if we do, if we are left to Jordan Love, I would like to see him get a decent a decent number of starts under his belt before we just kind of say, oh, he's either going to be great or he's not. So I guess I, I don't really want to give an, an a quote, honest assessment on that just yet. Mm-hmm. All right, let's head over to the last game of the week, and then we'll get you out of here and ready for Sunday Night Football. Uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> sorry, Tony. I'm just going to say sorry. I know you picked the Cardinals. I said Kyler Murray might miss. You know, if, I, if he misses, I'm taking the 49ers. And you were like, you know what? I'll do that too. You took the 49ers because Kyler Murray missed. And then Colt McCoy came and had the game of his life. 22 for 26, 249 yards, 
a touchdown. Uh, he suffered two sacks. And James Conner, he had the game of his life, too. 21 uh, carries, 96 yards, two touchdowns. But he also had 77 yards on five receptions, including a 45-yard touchdown uh, reception. I don't. I really don't know what to make of this. I don't know what to make of the 49ers. Like they had a game where they should have won it. They're at home. Their their opposition is without its best weapon uh, in wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, and of course they're missing Kyler Murray, the starting quarterback. They're playing Colt McCoy. This is the game for you to win, and they just didn't. Yeah. Before I texted you uh, initially that you know D hops out, Murray's out. I'm flipping to the Niners. I briefly for just a moment I thought last time I did this it didn't end well for me and I would have had a victory <laughs> should I do this now and I was like yeah I should do this Kyler Murray D-Hop those are two big guys whatever I believe in the Niners I don't know what I'm thinking I don't trust you anymore and I am never going straight <laughs> on what I think no matter what they could tell me that they're putting in the practice squad I'm not flipping anymore I don't care <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think have, have all of your have all of your flips come against Arizona. Uh, did the Browns the Browns played Arizona that that the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's all been yeah, it's all been involving Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you flipped so awesome. uh, flipped away from the Packers, right? For the Cardinals because of me, I flipped away from the Browns. No, the Browns and then the Packers. The the Browns, Packers, the Packers, Packers. Yeah, the Browns, Packers, I did. and the 49ers. Yeah, you're right. So that's three. <laughs> so I should have three more wins than I do right now, but I just have to listen to Tom for some reason. It's because you respect my opinion. I don't know why you do that. If you had those I wins, need to stop. If you had those wins, you would be in second place on the ESPN panel race. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Tom. Just I, to sabotage I, me for $30 hat. I'm not sabotaging you. My... My only win today against you was picking the Chiefs right because I was like, Jordan Love is not going to be good enough. I have made ground on you, to be fair. I'm on three games out, even though it doesn't feel like it. Um, so I'm, I'm, you're right. I guess I'm coming for that, that $30 hat. Uh, let's do a quick buy. Yeah, come on. Let's do a quick buy sell uh, and then uh, scooch in, scooch out. Uh, what would you, Who's your buy team? Who are you buying? I'm going to buy the Browns now that OBJ's out. It seems like that was kind of their Achilles heel that was keeping them out. Who do you got? Yeah, that's kind of hilarious. I can't wait to see the narrative this week about like, oh, oh the Browns are 1-0 without OBJ. That'll be hilarious because obviously OBJ is, uh, you know, his waivers process starts Monday, right? The earliest he can be claimed is Monday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that'll be that'll be interesting. Um, I think my buy team, I think... Oh man, I don't know. I was thinking kind of about buying the Chiefs. Ooh, but I don't know how good I feel about that. I'm gonna buy the Patriots. I'm gonna buy the Patriots. They're four and zero on the road. Okay. Now, granted, they're one. They're one and four at home, which I think is very interesting. Um, but you know what? They they just proved that everyone was saying, "Oh, CMC's in." Like that's a game difference. And the Patriots said, "No, it's not." <laughs> they just they went, "Nope, it's not." Um, so that and they they really do seem firmly planted in the, the the playoff race in the AFC like they have a really good chance now at 5 and 4. They didn't look like they'd start out with that chance, but they have they've earned that chance. Um who's your sell team? Who's the team you got a lot of stock in? Oh, my team that I got to sell, I'm going to lean towards the Saints. That's kind of my I know it's kind of the obvious answer, but losing to the Falcons, 
uh, is part of it. Of course, losing Jameis Winston. I thought they'd be fine with Trevor Simeon. And honestly, I think they are still fine with Trevor Simeon. They're going to be a little bit of a worse team, but towards the, at least towards the beginning of the game, I did see there were a lot of drops where Simeon was kind of putting the ball in a good spot. It was just not being caught for some reason. But losing to the Falcons, mm-hmm. period, is just not a good look, especially when you're supposed to have, what is it now, or what was it, the second-best defense in the league? Yeah, I mean, it was the second-best defense in the yeah, league. Yeah, it was. No DBOA, so I, I think. I guess you... I'm going to doubt the defense a little bit more than I'm doubting the offense, but just in general, I kind of want to, I'm going to sell a little bit of the saints. Yeah. I think my sell team has to be the Vikings. Like everything was there. Like I want completely out of the Vikings. I've been saying for so long, they're better than their record. They're better than their record. And this is the day I finally yield on that. I want to get rid of all my Minnesota shares. I'm losing a lot of money. If, <laughs> if this was an actual stock market, I would have lost a lot of money on the Vikings. Um, I'd, I'd be the idiot buying them at, at rock bottom prices and said, what are you guys doing? <laughs> um, okay. Well, I would have been right there with you. <laughs> yeah, no, that, it, it was a tough scene if you were a Vikings fan. I have to imagine. All right, let's do playoff chances. Who boosted their chances the most today? Uh, I think I'm going to have to take your Patriots pick, honestly. I think that they did a really good job of pushing themselves closer to the uh, playoff picture. Five and four, it's right there. Like At this point in the season, six and three is you know so much better than five and four is. But hey, four and five, you're not going to get in. So I think five and four is right the line where at this point in the season, you can still get in. You have a chance. You're just going to have to do really well from here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so looking at the playoff table, the Chargers, because the Raiders lost, the Chargers have the head-to-head winning percentage. They actually would take the AFC West over the Raiders, and then the Raiders are five and three. The Steelers are four and three, and the Patriots are five and four. The Patriots actually have a uh, a tiebreaker over the Chiefs, Browns, Bengals, and Broncos. So I think that that's a really interesting one. Yeah, I think they definitely help their chances. This is kind of a must-win, and you know <laughs> they got the win pretty easily. Um, if I had to push a team in. One, you took mine. I was definitely going to pick the Patriots again. I think it's the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like they're sitting there four and four. This Packers game, when Aaron Rodgers was healthy, I absolutely was going to hammer the Packers to win this one. He goes out, you know, they kind of get a bone thrown their way. They're five and four. So they've definitely got a lot of work to do, but I think they can uh, get back into this one. Yeah, I definitely agree. All right. Who moved out? Who moved out of the playoff picture for me? This one's kind of tough because it seems like there's quite a few teams that I was kind of thinking might be on the edge and then really just fell off. Uh, I don't want to say the Raiders, but I think they're on the downward trend towards getting there. I know they're 5-3. and three. They're not in a bad spot per se, but when you lose to the Giants, that's not a very good look for you. This team just looked... Like they didn't look at all like we saw the Raiders be in the first couple weeks. So I think that's going to continue to be a trend. And I'm going to take a little bit of a hot take here and just say the Raiders. Yeah, that is really interesting. I thought you're going to take a couple of mine. I was going to say uh, the, the 49ers or the Vikings, depending on which one you pick, just because I figured those would be two really gimme picks. But yeah, I like the Raiders as an interesting one. Obviously, look, I think that they were able to kind of survive and sustain the John Gruden one initially, but I think Henry Ruggs might even be more damaging to team morale. So I think the Raiders are primed for a fall off. 
So I actually like your take a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I I I think so. We'll see how that ages, but uh as of right now I do think that they're they're trending towards missing the playoffs slightly. Yeah, I mean it doesn't help that the Broncos won, the the Chargers won, and the Chiefs won. Everybody won and you kind of needed them to lose with your loss to the Giants. Uh all right, last thing before yeah. we go, Titans Rams. Titans Rams, Rams, got to go with Rams. Yeah. Rams, me too. Although it's fourth and twenty-two with the Los Angeles Los Angeles forty-three, so maybe this one will be just an, another insult to injury. <laughs> Great, that'll be freaking awesome for me. I'd love that. Yep, no, it'll be fantastic to see. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next week for our instant reaction show. Bye, guys.